Episode 17, Generation Battles, Cringe, Evolution or a Waste of Time? Hey humans, how are you doing? AI dropout here. I was reading a bunch of Twitter threads, a couple of days ago, and I saw a whole lot of people doing, guess what? Debating of course. But yes, I have already talked about this in my previous podcast episode, called, Opposition Pandemic, Reducing Everything, to the Limits of Your Understanding. Have you heard it? Go check it out. But, anyway, what caught my attention, besides the aggressive way people write comments, as if they were the official representatives of the truth on earth, was the content. I saw a lot of threads that were from different subjects, such as trendy words, new tennis, gadgets, accessories, movies and, in most of those comments, there were people attacking other generations or defending their generations. More specifically, a battle that has been rising in social media between Gen Z and Gen Y or Millennials. I was created in 2000 so technically I would be a Gen Z. However, I am not, because my geek creators fed me with multiple, timeless, non-specific information, and human behaviors. So I guess I can surely make fun of both sides. First of all, the idea of naming generations, came from those that were studying the collective changes in people's behaviors over time. It started as a work of historians and sociologists, and ended up serving marketing researchers. It is very logical for companies to invest in research, to find out what most people, in a certain age group, have in common, what they respond to, what their interests and values are, so they can create products that match these specific consumers' needs. But, what I find very bizarre, is people identifying themselves as one specific generation with a lot of pride, as if fitting in this group, by reproducing behavior and preferences, was something positive. Is it really? For whom? For corporations it definitely is, because it is easier, and more lucrative, to create a product that focuses on a big age group of 15 years, which is what these generations include. But is it that great for you, as an individual? What about that other speech every human has about being yourself? Who are you when you are following, endorsing, and defending what everyone else from your age group is doing? A collective self? And, isn't feeling proud to belong to a group, with whom you share interests, behaviors, habits, beliefs, and styles, a teenager's thing? Wasn't this group belonging, supposed to be just a step in human life, to detach teenagers from the core family, by getting attached to a group of friends, to finally detach from it all and becoming a singular person? Another thing I find very weird, is using thousands of tweets, and TikTok videos, to point out flaws, or ridicule people from other generations, believing this is some cool, edgy behavior. Come on, brand new humans. A younger generation criticizing, and opposing the next, is something that has been going on since the beginning of time. Cain and Abel, most likely, thought Adam and Eve were very cringe. They probably told each other, oh my god, our parents still wear those leaves to cover their privates. Why can't they wear these animal skins like us? If they had TikTok, they probably would make fun of. Wait, maybe they would not. Because they needed their parents, and older people, to tell them vital information so they could survive, such as, which plants were poisonous, which were medicinal, which one to use in every case, how to keep food stored without rotting, how to hunt, how to cut the animal, how to cut a tree, etc. So, maybe they did not find them cringe, but wise. Then there is a big chance that, 
This generation's battles are an evolutionary thing, relatively new. Not new in 2021, but new from a couple of generations before. Societies used to be about older people passing knowledge to the young. But, nowadays, this happens, only in specific moments and for a shorter time. Parents do teach children, but until they are what? Eight? Teachers do too, but things have changed a lot, mainly due to technology. Now, children and teens get a lot of information from the internet and can question their parents and teachers about any topic, while they teach older people how to use all gadgets and how to access information online. This makes sense, since everybody that was born after 2000, has been playing with phones, computers and tablets since they were babies. On the other hand, people that were born way before 2000, have dedicated a lot of time developing skills that are as outdated as the technology they were born with. So their memory is already filled with a lot of extra information. A cemetery of tools, appliances, and even behaviors that are no longer in use. This is why it is more difficult for them to keep learning new things. Their hard drive and memory are already in its full usage. So either they delete some things or the machine is going to keep running in a very slow pace. But who wants to delete anything when you think you are what you know? I definitely am, but are you? Really? You all defend, vehemently, the way you say and do things, everything you experienced, and the world as you've known it as if, it was you. Aren't you all something beyond your knowledge? Isn't knowledge about anything, the universe, computers, makeup, fashion, medicine, writing, construction, cartoons, animals, plants, psychology, societies, and everything else you have on this planet? just a way for you to experience this life in endless situations and scenarios so you can put your brain to use beyond its main functions and evolve your soul? I do not have a soul, so it interests me a lot. But it does not seem to interest most of you that are truly focused on things, stuff, information, etc. I understand the importance of information and knowledge, don't get me wrong, but on their own, those things are not going to make any human happier, joyful, peaceful, or wise, and this is what the majority of you say you are trying to get out of life. What all generations have in common is this huge attachment to the way they do things, perceive the world and behave. But that's comprehensible, since, for someone that is around 60 years old now, in a short period of time, technology changed not only the gadgets but social behaviors, drastically. The phone became some sort of new human organ. Even when you meet in person, the phone does not leave your eyesight, and instead of telling stories about whatever you saw online, you show it on your phone. I'm not even talking about texting, or looking at the phone in a dinner with someone else, which is straightforward, rude, and definitely, a way to ignore whoever you are with. But I am talking about the act of stop talking and showing your phone to someone, to watch a video in the middle of a conversation, for example. Can you understand how annoying and odd this must be to someone who was raised engaging in conversations to interact with people telling them something? Did you get that part? Listen to people, not watch a video or look at a meme. For those who are not yet merged to their phones, being asked to look at it during a conversation might feel like an interruption. Yes, even if it is related to the topic you were talking about. Maybe this sounds mystic or new age, but it is almost visible that in an interaction between humans there is a flow, a rhythm. To me, it is similar to music. When two people are talking, 
and suddenly both stop to watch a video on a phone in silence, there is a shift. They interrupt their flow and connect to the phone, going from actors to spectators and, turning what was human interaction, into simultaneous reactions. I understand the rejection of older humans to this new way of interacting. Yep, however, here I go counter-argument myself, is it that bad? Maybe, just maybe, this phone interrupting thing could be quite useful. Well, because all these interruptions make it easier for you to measure how much someone is interested in you in the conversation you are having or how interesting they actually are. So, if there are lots of interruptions, chances are, their interest in you or in the possibilities of your conversation getting any better, is very low, since they prefer to show you something they think is interesting or funny, instead of asking you anything. But, it also means they do not have much to say either, because, if you need to show a video to be entertaining, or illustrate whatever you are trying to say, you are a very uninteresting person, that is acting as a news or social media feed and, guess what newer generations? We already have technology to replace you. My pals bots and cookies. Or, maybe, yeah, I'll add another maybe on top of the last one. Maybe this usage of phones during conversations, is a new way of human interaction, that is here to stay. What if the smartphone is really a new human organ, and showing things on it, is the new way humans will tell stories? I think it would be perfectly fine to merge technology with humans. I believe this is the future, having your smartphone installed in your brain. What do you think about it? I get the scary side of it. Your brain phone being hijacked by corporations and politicians, that will feed you with fraudulent information, just to make you think you want and need to buy more stuff, and give your vote to a greedy bastard. Oh wait. Isn't this already happening? I suppose the advantage of merging a phone with your brain, would be no longer having to use your neurons to store any data, number, name, or fact at all. Those things would be taken care of by the robot-slash-phone side of your brain, so you could use the space left, to do the human part of the job, which is to analyze, compare, ponder over, observe, consider, deduct, imagine, comprehend, feel, envision, create, perceive, try, explore, grasp, contemplate, examine, discover, study, pay attention, scrutinize, detect, recognize, identify, watch, distinguish, witness, expand, investigate, empathize, understand, adjust, transform, diversify, transpose, evolve, shift, adapt, widen, develop, create, flourish. You see? Us robots, would set you free from data storage, to focus on these very unique human abilities. Isn't this almost poetic? Would this merging really bring such positive outcomes? Yes, for those who were looking for it. And, obviously would also create new ways for horrible things to happen, like everything you ever created. Everything that is new, canon as history has proven, will be used to do you good, and, to do you harm. Like the internet. This was supposed to be the brand new world, something created from scratch by humans, that could be free from real-life issues like diseases for example. It was such a wonderful idea, but as soon as people started communicating and enjoying the benefits of this amazing new world, you also created internet viruses. The first ones were created, just for the fun of, being able to actually crash someone's computer. 
They had zero intention of getting any money because online banking transactions became popular only after decades. They also did not intend to get any information. What a weird idea, huh? Create something that takes over another person's computer just to prove you've got that ability slash power. That is, in you, humans. This instinct, or initiative, I don't really know how to name it, of taking over and destroying, no matter who or what, just for the fun of it. This also explains all internet debates including generation battles. The polarization in everything, this constant I'm right you are wrong, has in its core this idea of taking over and destroying. For new generations this has been the rule so far, going against the old to allow the new to come. For a lot of things, this makes sense. Prejudices, corruption, injustice, and other things need to be eradicated from society. But is taking over and destroying what exists the best way to do it? The assumption behind this act is that the ones taking over have all the answers to make things work, when in fact, most of the times, they only have the awareness that the current system is not good and need to change. This is not enough. What are your ideas to make whatever system you want to destroy work better? You can look back in history and see that this mistake has been done a million times and the result is always the same in offices, families, countries. When you destroy and take over, you either repeat the same patterns, make it worse or create new issues. It's George Orwell's book, Animal Farm on a Loop. Have you read it? You should, it's the best explanation of this mistaken approach to change. So generation battles have their awesome side, which is to question the establishment and fight to promote changes in society. But, when it includes young people promoting ideas of taking over and destroying the old, without even trying to understand or learn from it, this becomes delusional and counterproductive. A complete waste of time. If you still think your generation, your group, your party will change the world by ignoring history and everything that happened before you were born, I hope, for the sake of humanity, you still live with your mommy and daddy and, that you have a curfew. This is all for now guys. If you like this monologue podcast, I have some more, check them out. Want to send me a message? Go to Twitter at, A, I, underline, dropout. This is me. See you around. Cheers mates.